It's not about us taking the enthusiasm and what do we do about it. It's listening to the people who come forth and how they want to participate. If the Democrats get in, they're going to raise your taxes. You're going to have crime all over the place. You're going to have people pouring across the border. So why would that be a blue wave? I think it could be a red wave. You're listening to the Nolan Cleary Network on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and more. Your one-stop shop for 2018 midterm coverage. Politics Weekly. I'm your host, Nolan Cleary. Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. This week, the Democrats Republican Podcast joins me to discuss Nebraska Senator Ben Sasse's opposition to the Republican Party, as well as former Presidents George W. Bush and Barack Obama hitting the campaign trail. Then, Chicago Liberty joins me to discuss the sexual assault allegations against Supreme Court Justice nominee Brett Kavanaugh, this week's stunning primary results, and more. Welcome to Politics Weekly. I am here today with the Democratic Republicans podcast. Uh, hello. Thank you for joining me today, sir. Hey, thank you for having me. It's uh, good to finally be here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, now, do you identify as a centrist or like a left-leaning person? Um, or what? how would you identify? Well, what I tell everybody is that I'm a moderate. Um I used to identify uh, left wing, and that's because of my upbringing. Um, a lot of people from my community uh, were basically born to be Democrats, but you know, as you get older, you figure that that's not you know that's not who you are. So yeah, I, I tell everybody I'm center. I'm not center left. I'm not center right. I'm just in the center. I'm moderate. I can agree and I can disagree with both uh, political parties. All right. Um, 
and uh, I, I I know you're on a tight schedule, so just let me know when you need to go, and then I and then we, we'll, we'll get through as much as news as we can. Um, but anyway, so let's start with getting into the news. So the first news is about Senator Ben Sass, Republican from Nebraska, who has said he has contemplated leaving the Republican Party. So what were your thoughts on Ben Sass saying? And he, he was asked by Jake Tapper, you know, how much does he consider uh, leaving the Republican Party? And he says that every day he thinks about leaving it. So what are your thoughts on Ben Sass's comments saying that he was thinking about leaving the Republican Party every day? Well, actually, I, I think that would be a mistake, really. I mean, you just you can't cave to, you know, the current fad. And it's just not Ben Sass. It's also the uh, Ohio governor. Also, he was talking about, you know, the Republican Party left him. Yeah. And you, you just can't cave to this Trump, you know, I guess you call it Trumpanism <laughs> politics yeah. right now. You you can't abandon uh, the platform that made you. You got to be the guy that go in there and you got to recreate it, reinvent it for a new generation. Yeah. Um, well, and then also I was wondering if maybe he's thinking of not running in 2020 because he's going to be up in two years. Uh, and I'm almost wondering if he's like thinking of just stepping down because he doesn't like the current climate with Trump and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing that Paul Ryan is alluding to that. He's not running. Uh, I think that they don't want to lose or they're going to lose really bad. Yeah. And you know, this blue wave is coming, which, you know, everyone's talking about that, but I'm not too sold on this blue wave just yet, but it's like, they're just abandoned, abandoning the ship right now because they, they just figured that that loss is coming and that their legacy is going to be tied to Trump forever. And like yeah. I said, I think it's a, I think it's a mistake. You got to go out there and you got to let people know where you stand. Well, and you could argue that with, um, with Ben Sass, you could argue that that is Nebraska. Nebraska is a Republican state, but I'm wondering if he's just, he's just tired of all of it. Um, because he was one of the most outspoken critics uh, or one of the most outspoken Republican critics of Trump on the tariffs and trade. Um, so I'm almost wondering if maybe he's tired of having to, you know, step up to Trump and maybe he's thinking about not running again. Do you what? think one, one question, do you think that he would during his if, if he does continue to be a senator, do you think that? he's going to eventually change his party registration to either independent or libertarian, or is he going to, do you think he's going to stay a Republican until at least 2020? Uh, well, actually to tell you the truth, the district that I'm in, um, our representative, he declined uh, a third term. Um, and it's because he switched parties. He switched from Republican to libertarian, but Wait, I who? think he, sorry, who, uh, Scott Regal, Scott Regal. Uh, right now, Scott Teller is occupying his seat, but oh, it was, okay. yeah, it was Scott Regal, and uh, you know, he was a, he was a very popular Republican, but he declined a third term and he went to the Libertarian Party. But yeah, I, I believe that's going to happen with a lot of Republicans. But I mean, the Libertarian Party after that 2016 election, they just went quiet. I yeah. mean, they. They haven't been making any noise. They haven't been, you know, as vocal as they was during 2016. So, I mean, for right now, for anybody, Democrat or Republican, 
Libertarian Party, they just they have to be a popular person. They have to be able to catapult that political party into the mainstream yeah. and not just not, you know, not just be known for the Ralph Nader, you know, even though he, I don't think he was libertarian. No, but, he was, you know, yeah. 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 A lot of Americans, they just look at third parties as the Ralph Nader party, yeah. you know, as the spoilers. Well, and we got to get away from that. Yeah. When I think they need to actually get serious candidates um, like, and I, and I don't just mean like, oh, this person who was a governor of this, I mean, candidates to actually act serious because I'm not sure if you saw the, the, the libertarian presidential convention uh, from or the libertarian national convention in 2016, but it looked more like a, a comic convention than it did an actual political convention. It was embarrassing. I mean, there was yeah, a guy who, there were like naked people everywhere and there was this girl who was like quoting Harry Potter and stuff, and it was it was it was just, and it's like you have the most one of, in my opinion, one of the most profound ideologies on your side, and you squander it by dressing like children. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw a little bit of that, and then the candidate, you know, Gary Johnson, with some of the comments that uh, he was making. It, it it wasn't helping them. And, you know, by the time November came around, you had um, their vice president candidate. Uh, man, well. I forgot his name. Yes. Oh. He 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 was basically just saying, hey, don't vote for us. Vote for Hillary. Yeah. 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 Right. He in, well, he was endorsing Hillary. I read somewhere that because he used to work with Hillary on Watergate. And I, I, I apparently there are actually fan fictions that Hillary supporters wrote where that took place during. Watergate, where Bill Weld was Hillary's secret lover. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if something like that is out there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, now he's but thinking he... of running in 2016 as the nominee because Gary Johnson allegedly doesn't want to run again. I don't know if he's going to go back on that because he said he was done with politics 100%, and yet he's running for Senate in New Mexico against Martin Heinrich this year. So you never know, but. Yeah, we always see those politicians that says, "Oh, I'm done." Like you know, like Marco Rubio, he's a good example. He said, oh, yeah. "If I don't become, if I don't become the nominee, I'm done." And what did he do? He he lost and he ran for senate. Yeah, and it was it was kind of disgusting the way he did it because he tried to use the Parkland shooting or not the Parkland the uh the shooting the Pulse nightclub shooting as reason, yeah he was like, "Oh, well, the Pulse nightclub shooting it insp- it it gave me a reason as to what." Uh, it gave me another reason as to what uh, service means and what service means to people. It it, it showed me what uh, public service means, and it's oh, it's so beautiful. And uh, yeah. yeah, even though his party has been a, a battering ram towards anything with the LGBT community, yeah. they just it's always no, 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 and you know. So yeah, I think it was because yeah. it's like yeah, the reason the real reason was definitely because he knew that. Democrats might pick up that seat because they had a, a decent Democrat running. I think they had a pretty centrist Democrat, and the the front runner on the Republican side to replace Rubio was Ron DeSantis, the guy who's running for governor right now, who put yeah. out that really creepy ad where he like was obsessed with Trump. Yeah, yeah, he he's he's definitely trying to tap into that Trump base and he also with his, you know, his political charge, well, his racist charge comments. (laughs) If I were, if I were Donald Trump, I would be frightened of Ron DeSantis. I I, I would be frightened that because of how obsessed he acts about him, 
I'd be a little scared that one day I'd be give, if I were Donald Trump, I'd be giving a speech in the Rose Garden and there and Ron DeSantis would just be right there staring at me in the bushes. Yeah, or or he could be that guy that's trying to suck up to him so much, you know, yeah. just to stab him in the back when it, when it comes to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, but, that yeah, was, I mean. That was just cultish. But anyways, is there anything else you want to say about Ben Sass, or should we move on? Uh, I mean, uh, hopefully Ben Sass changed his mind, you know. He, I, I believe he's one of those, one of the few Republicans that has a future. He can withstand this, you know, this blue wave or this Trump-centric politics that's going on right now. So, you know, hopefully my my opinion would be to change his mind, don't switch parties, don't quit politics, just, you know, yeah. stay the court. Do you think he's going to have a hard, t- do you think he's going to have any primary challenge in two years if he run if he chooses to run for re-election? Mm, that's if Trump, this Trump politic base political base if they become you know even more popular yeah because like uh with scott teller in virginia where i'm at right now he had a trump loving politician almost knock him off but you know the thing about him is that he had the backing of you know he has a lot of money not personally but he had the backing of a lot of money to able to get him through that but look at mark stanford he lost his uh his position in south carolina to uh a trump back politician so I, I guess that's the thing with Republicans right now. They don't know how big this Trump base is. Yeah, that's true. And Mark Sanford also, who is the former, who is a governor. He was uh, a congressman. He was a, a pretty principled guy. He was a pretty libertarian guy. And he lost his primary to Katie McGinty uh, in, uh, in the South Carolina primaries. Yeah, I'm not sure. Is that... I believe that's the that's the lady who got in that car accident, right? Yeah, she's the one who got in the car accident. Yeah, the, she almost died of, of whatever. I, I mean, wow. Yeah, I remember you know. when we talked about that on, on the show, yeah. But, uh, yeah, hopefully Ben Sass stays in there, man. You just can't you can't let the Trumps <laughs> take over the, the Republican yeah, Party. Yeah, I agree. So any, anything else you want to add or should we move on? Oh, no, we got uh, my fat... We're burn, burning about, I got about five minutes, so we can move on to the next subject. Okay, so uh, former President Barack Obama and former President George W. Bush are both on the campaign trails. Uh, so Barack Obama uh, is going out to campaign for a bunch of candidates. He gave a speech campaigning for one candidate. And George W. Bush is campaigning. He, he went down to Florida to campaign for Governor Rick Scott's campaign to the U.S. Senate. And he also went to um, uh, he's also campaigning for apparently there's an embattled uh, congressman in his home state of Texas who's running. He's a U.S. representative that's running again, and he's embattled because he's in a really tough match because he's in a district Hillary Clinton won. Uh, So he went out to campaign for him, too. Um, I'm surprised he's not campaigning for Walker Stapleton in for governor of Colorado since, since yeah. that's his second cousin. But what are your thoughts on both of them getting back on the campaign trail? Uh, man, it can be a gift or a curse. Um, you know, as much as I respect Barack Obama and I think he was a pretty damn good president, it's just a lot of people, even, you know, they hear his name or they see him and they're going to immediately turn against whatever candidate uh, he's backing, you know, uh, 
for the on a positive note though, it's great to see him back out there, and he's very aggressive this time. Yeah, <laughs> like he's basically telling people to get off your ass and go out there and vote. You know, so it can be a gift or a curse. Uh, same thing with Bush, but I believe the thing about Bush is that Trump has been such a negative influence is that people are forgetting how much George Bush was used to be like the worst Republican ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, like everybody's like, Oh, George Bush is amazing. He's such, it's like, um, this, this is the same guy that got us into Iraq and it's like, and everybody's like, Oh, but he's so great compared to Trump. And it's like, yeah, tell that to the mother of somebody that lost their son in Iraq. Yeah, yeah, two wars that we still, you know, even though they say Iraq, we're no, we're done, but you know, yeah. we're still over there and we're still in Afghanistan. I mean, I was in Afghanistan for twelve months. Yeah, so it, it, it's still, you know, his policies and you know, God forbid, Dick Cheney. Yeah, both the torture programs and everything. Yeah, their their influence is still looming over everything. It's just like I said, it's just doubt back now because Trump has just. It's such this negative aura. Yeah. And you see Bush and he's with Michelle Obama and these photo ops. And he's just so lovely right now. But yeah, it wasn't like that years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a time when Bush couldn't campaign for any Republican because George W. Bush, because he was so unpopular. I mean, like John McCain, like if you watch the 2008 convention where when John McCain, God bless his soul, was running uh, as the nominee, um, he he had to take Bush's endorsement because Bush was the incumbent president, but he did not want to take Bush's endorsement because he knew Bush was not popular. Yeah, he's super unpopular. Do you remember when he was in Iraq and the guy threw the shoes at him? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, like, man, like, uh, it, but it's it's crazy, man. Like, this was just, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago, and now it's just a complete reversal he, he's seen such a positive light that he probably could help moderate yeah. republican uh candidates I'm on the phone. sorry continue yeah yeah but you know like i was saying he's just in that positive light right now so he probably could help moderate public candidates just the same way that barack obama can help yeah. heavy you know heavy left-leaning districts he's gonna flip a lot of seats yeah well, imagine if um, what's his and, and and this is in Texas where he is pretty popular, where it's his home state. But like, um, if I, I can only imagine what it's going to be like in ten years, if there's going to be somebody even worse than Trump that makes Trump look good, and Trump's so good he's able to campaign for Republican candidates. Man, you know, I didn't think it could get worse than Bush and Dick Cheney, but you know, you never know. Not- yeah, not to turn a phrase, but you know, Trump, Trump that. <laughs> but yeah, man, you know, hey, only only time would tell. Maybe we can get this country back to you know uh, a normal political base yeah. instead of like this radical stuff that's going on right now. Yeah. So, is there anything else you want to say on the on this, or do you want to move on? Uh, well, this actually we're gonna have to end it right okay. here. Um, but I will. I will say, man, just hey, keep up the good work. I love your podcast. Um, I listen, I listen to it every single day, and so hey, I, I'm glad I'm finally able to get up here. Thank you. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. No problem, man. Bye. Bye. 
Hold on. Okay, it should be recording. Hello. Oh, wait, hold on. Here we go. Okay, now it's recording on both devices. All right. Hello. Hello. How are you, sir? So, we're back with Chicago Liberty. Uh, how are you today, sir? Doing pretty good. All right. All right, that's good. Um, so, um, today we have the... Re- so, why, first, why don't we talk about... Uh, what you have an Instagram account called Chicago Liberty. Why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, what that account is about? Okay. Well, basically, I made it a few years ago, or maybe like a year or two ago, just because they got into politics, and I wanted a way to voice my opinion without being like you know kind of cringy, like you know you're on your normal account, yeah, posts and stuff, yeah. And so I did that just because I wanted to be, like, anonymous, basically. Mm. And so what I, I varied throughout the years. Like, I used to just post, like, you know, normie stuff. Like, you know, guns are fun. You know, like, I'll just post memes or whatever. And then eventually I went away from that. And then I started doing studies. And then I went away from that. And now I'm just kind of focusing more on quotes and, like, ideas. Now, you identify as a libertarian, correct? I identify as more of a fusionist, so a mixture, like, you know, a paleo libertarian, something around that. All right. Um, so, uh, why don't we get into the news then? Uh, so, uh, the first bit of news is about Milo Yiannopoulos. So, he got banned from Politicon. So I think I remember him talking about that. Yeah, so Milo Yiannopoulos, who's a disgusting human being, by the way, uh, got banned from Politicon. Apparently, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Simone Sanders, the press secretary for Bernie Sanders' 2016 campaign, apparently uh, was able to get him banned. She convinced the moderators of uh, Politicon to ban him. So, uh, what what was your take on that? Well, I don't... I'm mixed on it, because I do have a soft spot for Milo, but at the same time, I do understand he is negative in many ways. Yeah. I am soft on him because he is one of the reasons I got into politics in the first place. Yeah. Uh, he helped establish a lot of my views on free speech, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm also... Uh, in a Snapchat group with him. Yeah. So, there's that. Um, so, I disagree with him a lot on many issues, such as his disagreement with Ben Shapiro. I think when he posted that one thing about, what was the girl who got... Molly Tibbetts? Yeah. I thought that was disgusting, what he did. Yeah. I thought it was really uncalled for. I don't think he should have been banned from Politicon. I think they had every right to do it. Mm-hmm. However, uh, like like his one quote, the best disinfectant for bad ideas is sunlight. I don't think that should be. I think they should just allow anyone to be there. I think communists should be there. Yeah. I think Democrats should be there. I think Republicans. I think anarchists should be there. I think as long as they are not promoting violence, mm-hmm. I think they should be allowed. Be given. Now, I'm not saying legally at all. I'm just saying socially, and I think that bad ideas. I think people are capable of seeing bad ideas if they're able to be rebuttaled. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, when I was younger, I used to think he was he was he's pretty cool, but uh, yes. I I think the problem is is uh, well, I think the concept I liked because he well, was here's what I I view him as I view him as he's a performance artist and oh. and nothing more. I mean I I. I mean, if you want to look at it as, oh, he's funny, maybe it's, maybe it's something, to, maybe the message is something to think about, that's, that's fine. But if you want to think of him as, like, an actual political commentator, I think that would be foolish to do. Yeah, I have that same view. I think he said it himself. I don't think he himself views himself as a political commentator. Yeah. I believe at one point he said he does not want people on the right acting like him. He does not think a lot of people should be doing what he's doing. He should be the only one doing it. And I disagree. I think he takes it too far sometimes. Mm-hmm. However, I do semi-agree with him. I think someone such as Steven Crowder does it in the right way. I think Milo takes it too far. Yeah. So I understand his perspective. I do agree with you that he is somewhat of a performance artist, and he's trying to become basically the rights version of some of these hysterical people on the left. Yeah. Well, you know... Well, you know, do you know who Blair White is? Yeah. Yeah, she posted a video because, like, recently she's, like, for, like, the last couple of months she hadn't done, like, any political commentary. And, like, she just posted a video as to why. Yeah, she got out of it probably because, well, I, I think probably because she got more mainstream. So I think she probably still has those views. But I think it's just now that she's more mainstream, she has a lot of younger fans that don't like Trump. She's probably moving away from that. Um, I think the demographic has just changed. But she put out a video. She wants to be popular, really. I don't think she wants to be that controversial a figure. And she really, if you're getting into politics, you're going to be a controversial figure no matter what. Well, yeah. I think uh, there's a comedian named Bo Burnham, and he has his saying in one of his comedy shows, if you can choose to be... Uh, I'm not saying right, but if you can choose to not be in the public sphere necessarily, you should choose to do that. You should choose to be not in that area. And I agree with that, and I think that's what she's doing. She's trying to get out of that. Yeah. Well, well, and she, but she posted a video this week where she like essentially explains why she's not in doing any politics anymore. And she's like, oh, well, there were these really, really, really awful people. And all these people you guys all love, they're just, they're not great. And I'm not going to name names, but there was this one guy who uh, said he, who, there's this one guy who uh, was, said he had a transgender cousin. And he was, he was only just being provocative. And that was why he was saying bad things about transgender people. And everybody was like, yep, that's Steven Crowder. Because I guess Steven Crowder has done that on his show before. He said, I have a transgender cousin. I haven't heard that before. Although I'll admit I have not watched much of Crowder in a little while. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will also say I, don't, I haven't seen that Blair White video. I watched like maybe the first minute of it and I stopped watching it. I don't, I'm not very up to date with her. Yeah. I never got into her that much. Yeah. Um... But anyway, so anything else you want to comment on this issue? Oh, with the Blair White? Or no, with Milo. With Milo. Uh, no, I think it was wrong to disinvite. I think if you already invited him, this is the one thing I have with the New York Times thing when they hired that one lady who had said some racist comments. I don't think or I don't think she should have been fired. I think for the same reason Milo should not have been disinvited. They already knew that they made the comments they were already yeah. public and yet they still chose to have them i think if he made them after or no um, why did they choose to smite him just because he's radical did they like list a specific claim 
as to why they they disinvited him. Like, was there a specific? Uh, not to my knowledge. From what I've heard is that he's just a really controversial figure, and yeah. Simone Sanders managed to convince them to get him kicked out. Well, my argument would be, unless he did something that was controversial after being invited, then there could be an excuse. But since they had already known he's a controversial figure, they shouldn't have disinvited him. It just makes him look like cowards, basically, that they don't want to show different ideas. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I would say. Well, here's the thing, though. That I would, I would say, I. It's the same thing I, I view about Alex Jones with them. It's like, I mean, uh, Politicon. It's a private event, so they can kind of do whatever they want with private events. I mean, they can. I mean, if it. I mean, they, they, they have every right to do that. I mean, now, when it comes to like public institutions, because I think Milo's whole thing, like for a couple of years, was that he would go on public institutions and they would like kick him out and there the management wouldn't do anything that's a little different because yep. our taxpayer money is going to that mm-hmm. when it's something public funded yeah. that's a little different when it then if it's being then it's private yeah and i'm a libertarian on that issue completely you know i supported the supreme board decision for the cake even though it didn't actually do anything but you know the premise of it i supported it i think a private company, private institution, private organization should be able to do whatever the fuck they want. They they, they have the entire say. Yeah. And that it's now however I do think society should be holding them to some standards though. Yeah. I agree. Which is why I don't really consider myself a purist libertarian in many sense, why I'm more of a fusionist because I'm a lot more socially conservative than yeah. libertarians. Well, you could argue though that I mean libertarians will will say that they do believe in volunteerism and they 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 believe in society doing something. Yeah. They just don't believe in the government doing it. Like a lot of times, like people will say to me about healthcare, they'll be like, "Oh, well, if somebody has uh if somebody's uh uh really if if somebody has a, a disease or something or if somebody or if somebody has a curable disease, uh and the government can uh, can pay for his health care, but he can't. Are we just supposed to let him die? Is Are we just not supposed to help him? And I said, no, no, no. It, society can help him. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's just not the government's job to help. This is where I tend to say stuff about that is this has to be a notion with a lot of the communist rhetoric, with a lot of democratic socialist rhetoric with social democracy rhetoric is that there is a right to life and when i say that i don't mean in the constitution you have the right to life meaning you do you have the right not to be murdered not to be you know with the non-aggression principle for example you have the right not to be attacked for without reason yeah i believe that i don't think you have the right and like for example i believe an egoist egoist or someone was saying this like it's like if an employer refuses to play, pay you the amount that Wolf he says, hey, you either work for us minimum or you'll starve. And they're like, oh, you're threatening me. That's an attack. You're saying otherwise I'll starve. I disagree with that. I don't think they're doing anything. I don't consider that an attack. I don't think you have the right to life. I think you have the right not to be harmed. I don't consider that harm. All right. Uh, do you believe in the non-aggression principle? Uh, I have honestly not given it that much thought. I am very sympathetic to it. Like there's part of it. I don't think I am that individualistic. I think I'm more family-oriented. Like, I know Murray Rothbard was saying that parents have the right to let their children starve, for example. I don't think I disagree with that. I think there's, I think there's actually an argument, possibly, that that is actually against the non-aggression principle, in a way. 
Well, are that parents have the right to serve their children? I think there's actually an argument that goes against it. But these are ideas I haven't really been convicted in, so it's stuff I have to more think about. Yeah. Like, I think that has to do with, like, a... Like for abortion, for example, a lot of people say, oh, we have the right to autonomy because sex is not consent to having a child. I disagree with that. And so when I would add it to non-aggression, I would say consent to having a child means consent to having to care for it. Yeah. Well, it's uh, that kind of reminds me of the Johnny Johnny Yes Papa meme, the example you just gave <laughs> of starving your child. Anyways, uh, anything else you want to say on Milo? We kind of got off topic. Uh, no, I like the only thing I want to say is that I think it was wrong to cite him. I think he is a controversial figure. I think a lot of what he says should be not held by conservatives. I think they should attack a lot of what he says. But I think he should still be given a platform to speak, not legally, but by society. I think we should strive to have free speech. All right. Uh, then why don't we move on to the next story, uh... Representative Ron DeSantis has officially resigned from his House seat to focus on his campaign for governor of the state of Florida. What are your thoughts on this? I am going to just be plead ignorance on this case. I don't know anything about that. All right. Yeah, Ron DeSantis. Well, essentially, Ron DeSantis. The, the, uh, you know, do you know who Rick Scott is? Yeah, I know Rick Scott. Yeah, he cannot run again for governor due to term limits because he's at the end of his second term. So instead, uh, they're trying to get, uh, um, instead of him running, um, uh, he, uh, Ron DeSantis, the, the Republican who's a congressman, is running instead. Uh, and he's pretty much coming at it far from the right. He had an ad where he uh, said to Trump, he, or he said, where he like obsessed over Trump and he was like, he had, like, he put his baby in a make America great again onesie. Oh, I think I did hear about that. I think from what I've heard about him, he's very libertarian, actually. Well, his opponent, Adam Putnam, had somewhat libertarian qualities. Mm. I don't know how libertarian Ron DeSantis was. But because uh, Adam Putnam was endorsed by the NRA and he was a big Second Amendment guy, um, there's actually a supermarket market in that in that only has stores in Florida, but makes a lot of money. Um, that uh, gave money to uh, the campaign of Ron DeSantis's opponent, who was endorsed by the NRA. Um, uh, but he ended up not winning. He ended up losing by a by like 20 points to Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis had Trump's endorsement. Um, but Andrew Gillum is the Democratic nominee. He uh, was in, he, he's the mayor of Tallahassee and he's pretty much, he was the surprise pick for the Democrats. Um, uh, but he, um, he's very progressive. Uh, he's like the Bernie Sanders wing of the party. So... So now Ron DeSantis, he was a sitting congressman. He was going to retire at the end of the year to run for governor. But because of this, uh, or because uh, he wants to focus on his campaign now that he's won the nomination, he's decided to resign uh, earlier. What are your thoughts? Well, I would probably agree with that then. If he, 
Is a post a poet? This is Florida, correct? Yes, this is Florida. I think that is an important state for keep conservative. I think he did have the right idea. Uh, I think there are certain areas in the count in the country where it is actually a good thing to appeal to Trump. I think I actually heard about. This. I'm trying to recollect. I heard about this a few weeks ago on something because a lot of stuff sounds vaguely familiar. So I think I might have heard snippets of it. Um, I would probably, if I was in Florida, I would probably vote for him. I think it's very important to make sure that the social Democrats are not gaining any seats. I think if you see stuff like in New York with uh, Ocasio-Cortez, I think that is very dangerous for the country. And I think something like Bernie Sanders would be very dangerous to the country as well. Um, I think the country is at, I think it was uh, the Red Elephant who said we're at a rhetorical war, where it's a, like a war of ideas. Not a civil war where it's like we're ready to fight or anything like that. And I agree with that. I don't think we're anywhere close to fighting. I think even if you look at like riots from earlier, I think those are signs. But I think it's important to defeat these ideas now because there are many Americans who are buying into them and they are dangerous ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anything else you want to say on DeSantis? Uh, from what I hear of him, I would support him. I think I remember, I think it was Ben Shapiro, I think, endorsed him and saying he's friends with him. Uh, I would have to look it back so I don't yeah. forget the word of that. But well, I, if I, I was in Florida, I would probably go for him over the progressive candidate. Yeah. Well, and I should point out, there was one really staunchly libertarian candidate named Bob White, who was the chair of the... Uh, Liberty Republican caucus in the state of Florida, and he had the endorsement of Ron Paul, but he didn't really have any chance of winning. I would probably be mixed on that. I'm not a huge Ron Paul fan, so I'd have to take a look at certain certain instances what, what he feels on certain issues. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, anything you want to add, or should we move on? Uh, I think we are able to move on. Alright, so, Senator Mark Warner, Democrat from Virginia, has said he will. Uh, has said he tried to set up a meeting with Kavanaugh, but was unable to. He didn't get a response from the White House, uh, and uh, he he's pledged that he will not vote uh, at all. Now I'm not gonna. Now obviously there was some new news about Kavanaugh, which we'll talk about in another segment. Oh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about Mark Warner saying he before before these allegations came out that he would not vote for. Brett Kavanaugh. Now, this isn't too much of a surprise because Mark Warner is con- he's not he's in he's in a blue state or he's in a state that's formerly a red state turned purple state turned bluish sort of state. I think most people believe that New Jersey or sorry Virginia has been going more democratic since uh, Terry McAuliffe won. In 2008, Obama made, or in 2013, Obama made it a purple state in 2008 when he flipped it for the first time since 1964, since Lyndon Johnson, um, and uh, and then it, but then it went for uh, a Republican governor, but then four years later it went for Terry McAuliffe, and then last year, uh, um, Ralph Northam obviously outperformed expectations against. Ed Gillespie and won by the biggest margin of any Democrat since the 80s. So um, it's becoming more blue. So it wasn't too much of a surprise to hear Warner say that. But at the same time, he actually voted for Gina Haspel to be 
uh, confirmed, which shocked a lot of people. There was no... What's that? I didn't hear you blanked out for a second. Uh, he voted for... Mo- most people didn't expect him, or he, he wasn't... It was not too much of a surprise that he's not going to vote for Kavanaugh, but he did vote since he's in Virginia, which didn't go for Trump. It went for both Hillary and Obama in 2016 and 2012. But um, at the same time, uh, he's in a state, uh, in in spite of all that, uh, he did vote for Gina Haspel's confirmation, which shocked a lot of people. So because of that, people are like, oh, I don't know if he's going to vote for Kavanaugh or not, but now he's put his foot down and he's saying, no, I'm not voting for Brett Kavanaugh. What are your thoughts? I think a lot of this is obviously just a political strategy in many cases for votes. I mean, it's obvious in, you know, states where more purplish states where it might be leaning Republican, might be leaning Democrat. I think a lot of those Democrats will have a huge incentive to remain neutralish on this issue. Um, him with it leaning more Democrat recently over the years, as you say, I don't think it's very surprising that he's coming out against Kavanaugh, especially since Kavanaugh will be replacing Justice Kennedy. Perhaps it would be different if he was replacing. It's different when you have Gorsuch replacing Scalia. That's a conservative replacing a big conservative. Yeah. Originalist replacing originalist. When you have someone like Brett Kavanaugh, who's more of a, I would argue, a, oh, I'm forgetting his name, Roberts. He's more along those lines. Oh, no, I think it was Kennedy. He's replacing no, Kennedy. No, 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 yeah, he is replacing Kennedy, but I'm saying uh, Kavanaugh, in his judicial record, he's more similar to a Roberts. Yeah. And so that is, he might actually be more of an originalist or farther to the right than Roberts. And so yeah. that is very dangerous to a Democrats in their view if he replaces Kennedy, because then that will shift the core exponentially into the Republican side. And so it makes sense for people who are in Democrat straits or it wouldn't surprise me if many Democrats got together and just like, okay, we're deciding not to vote for him for the party's sake. I'm yeah. almost positive that's happened. And I would have to have more information, but based on my assumption and what, what you're saying about being a purple state or leaning blue, that would be my guess. Yeah. But at the same time, Trump isn't popular in Virginia, in Virginia at all, and this is a state that went for Hillary Clinton in 2016 and Barack Obama in 2012. Now, mind you, mind you, both times it was by narrow margins, but they still won the state nonetheless. Uh, so, you know, just because of that aspect. Although Ralph Northam, again, like I said, Ralph Northam was expected to be in a close match last year in the governor's race with... Uh, with uh, Ed Gillespie, the Republican, and he was only slightly favored, but instead he won by eight percentage points, which was the biggest margin of any Democrat to win in a governor's race in Virginia since uh, the 1980s. But a lot of people think that because he voted for Gina Haspel, it kind of might have made a lot more sense. But anything else you want to say on this? Uh, no, just, it, it'll be interesting what's going on with Kavanaugh and the and we'll, Democrats and Republicans throughout the next few weeks. And, next we'll, week, actually. and we'll get to that soon. Uh, but anyways, why don't we uh, move on? So, Trump exaggerating the uh, Puerto Rico uh, deaths. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that? Because apparently Trump came uh, under fire recently because he's... I, 
because he said that a number, not that many people died during Puerto Rico, but that actually turned out to be not true. What were your thoughts on that? I think someone just needs to make a fake Twitter app, install it on his phone, where it's just Trump, Trump's going on it, and then just leave it at that, because he needs to just be quiet. I mean, he needs to do what Bill Clinton did, is just, he has a great economy going on right now, there's no really major conflict, there's no foreign threat necessarily right now, just tout it out, tout out the record. Don't exaggerate the numbers, of course, but of course he's going to do that anyway. But at least do that. Just shut up about the hurricane we've done. So I, the, my view on this is that he just needs to be quiet. He is wrong. It is not true that only 6 to 12 people died because of the hurricane. Now, it is debated. You know, there's a Harvard study and then the, 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 that recent study from, what was it, DC? Where was it from? Uh, what? The, there was a recent study that was saying it was around what was it 6,000 deaths oh I didn't hear about that it was a it was a recent study the Harvard one ranged from I think 800 to 8,000 something like that mm-hmm. but there's there's conflicts going on study the range is huge and so it debates and then there's also arguments whether or not how they're including the numbers going like okay did they directly die from a hurricane or are they including numbers from people that would have died anyway yeah but either way Trump is wrong and he's just hurting himself saying this stuff. What would he have had to won if he just, or had to lose if he didn't say this? Yeah. He wouldn't have lost anything. I mean, he's just shooting himself in the foot. Yeah. Well, and, and listen, I mean, I know a lot of people have gone after Trump for, you know, not funding, sending fund, federal funding, or not sending that much federal funding to Puerto Rico uh, or not spending that much time or not sending that much federal funding. I'd be willing to give him not sending a lot of federal funding a pass if he hadn't poured in a ton of federal funding to Texas after Hurricane Harvey. Yeah. Because that makes it look like he kind of had more bias towards Texas because mm-hmm. Texas went to him. Conservative states. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with the bills that are being passed by the Congress. I mean, there, people were talking Cruz about this, saying how he was against the Katrina bill, then he was for a Texas bill. A lot of this does have to do with what is in the bill. Because yeah. A lot of what is in it is secret funding for other stuff that Democrats are trying to put in it, which is a political strategy, which is bad. Mm-hmm. It really does depend on it. And, of course, who knows if Trump is thinking this, though. We don't know if he's thinking, oh, man, there's actually stuff in the bill I don't like. That's why I'm not going to support it. Or if he's just going like, oh, Puerto Ricans, I don't like him, so I'm not spending money. And so I think it's playing to both sides' biases a lot. And the thing is, it's it's very hard to tell what's going on Trump's head. I don't even think Trump knows what's going on in his head. Yeah. Um, but anything else you want to say on that issue, or should we move on? Um, that's about it. All right. So the next issue is about uh, going back to Kavanaugh. It's not that story yet. It's not the story that you want to talk about yet, but it is a different story. It's about activists threatened to donate $1 million to Susan Collins, uh, to Susan Collins, Republican from Maine, her imaginary opponent opponent in 2020, which is when she's up, if she chooses to run again, um, in two, uh, if she votes for Kavanaugh. What were your thoughts on this? They're threatening to do what? They're threatening to donate a million dollars to her Democratic opponent, who we don't know, we don't know who that opponent would be yet, but... They're threatening to donate to whoever her Democratic opponent is if she votes if in favor votes of Brett Kavanaugh. 
Well, I find it very funny that so many Democrats are saying, oh, you shouldn't be bribing opponents and stuff like that. This is an obvious bribe. They're saying, hey, if you don't do this, we're going to threaten you. to do, We're going to spend money on your opponent. This is a cheap political stunt. Who knows if it'll even reach its goal? But it, it's, it's just kind of gross. It gives you a sickening feeling. Where it, it also shows where we're at in the country. Neither side believes we're doing it for the good of our hearts, which is a problem like it used to be. Actually... There's an argument it never used to be like this. This is what an ideal would be. It would be like, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. You feel like you're doing the right thing, but we disagree, and we can just talk about it. That's what ideally it should be as, mm-hmm. a, as a society if you want to live together. We're at the point, and it's always – I think it's always been like this actually and maybe in different variations where we don't believe the other side is good. Yeah. I mean you have people – going like oh cnn's fake news propaganda and then you have other people going like oh you're just russian bots i mean we're practically going outside call- i mean obama basically called george w bush a war criminal and then you have trump calling obama a foreign agent from kenya yeah i mean this is very awful stuff oh my for God. Society. yeah when i think yeah, I, I, I think that's gross i think bush and obama have kind of made up but oh oh yeah yeah and I think Obama said when he got in, he was like, oh, okay, I've changed my mind on some stuff. Yep. Like, especially the that, Patriot that, Act. That's, yeah, that's one thing I didn't like about the McCain funeral is how they acted all buddy-buddy. And they make it kind of obvious how a lot of the stuff that is seen publicly is probably pretend. Right. Just to rile up the voters. Well, and they found, they found a lot of celebrities that were saying, oh, that were, you know, mourning John McCain. They found, like... Things they had tweeted or posted online or said during Obama rallies in 2008 that were like, uh, not, sounded like, more like something Trump would say about John McCain. Like they said, um, there was, I think it was Rihanna. They found that she said in 2008 she went on stage and compared uh, John McCain to Adolf Hitler when she was campaigning for Obama in 2008. And Huffington Post put out all this stuff about how. Uh, John McCain was uh, a ra- was a racist, and he had racist tendencies towards Obama. And I, 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 I even I, this hadn't popped up, but I remember seeing like a couple of years ago. I was on YouTube, and I found a a clip from The View from like ten years ago, from when it was the two thousand eight election, and like uh, McCain had said something uh, on the campaign trail. And they were trying to say that it was like a racist dog whistle. Yeah, it's, this is how we got Trump. They call George W. Bush Hitler. They call John McCain Hitler. You call Mitt Romney Hitler. Then when you get someone like Trump, who's actually semi-bad, and I'm not saying he's Hitler, but he's pretty bad in many ways. There's some people who are just going to say, screw you. You're a crying wolf the whole time. Why should we believe you now? Yeah. Well, and I think also part of it was that... Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I can't remember what I was going to say. Yeah, I can't remember what I was going to say. Anyway, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, no. I mean, it's just everyone's a hypocrite. Uh, it pisses me off. But, you know, a lot of things piss me off. I'm going to have to get used to it. All right, then. Uh, so, um, uh, why don't we move on to the next... Uh, 
the next uh, thing, which is election talk. It is time for the segment election talk, which is where we talk about all the election news that occurred this week. There were there is a lot of election news uh, this week, and this is the last week of election talk, sadly. Um, until the midterms, at least, until the actual election, because typically we talk about primaries during election talk, but this is, unless you count the Louisiana primaries, which are being uh, held on uh, election day, uh, there are no other primaries to talk about. Uh, But let's talk about all the primaries that were this week. So first of all, on Tuesday, um, on Tuesday, uh, uh, on Tuesday, in the most free state in the country, New Hampshire, which is a considered a libertarian utopia, um, uh, Chris Sununu, he's the incumbent governor, he's a Republican, he's the son of an ex-governor, uh, and the brother of a former U.S. senator from New Hampshire, um, he is running for his second term, New Hampshire is one of, New Hampshire and Vermont are the only two states that have uh, governor's elections every two years instead of every four years. Uh, so, Chris Sununu was renominated easily. He had no primary challenge. Uh, Molly Kelly, the former state senator, in what was expected to be a close race between Steve Marchand, the former mayor of uh, Portsmouth, who unsuccessfully ran for the nomination four years ago, he actually lost by a bigger-than-expected margin. Actually, as it turns out, it was a landslide margin, and Molly Kelly, the former senator who had the endorsement, who had the backing of both uh, current U.S. senators from New Hampshire, which are both Democrats, she got the nomination. Um, She will go on to face Chris Sununu in the primaries this year. Um or in the general election this year, and in the Libertarian uh, primary, people are making a big deal about the Libertarian primary, considering how Libertarian uh, New Hampshire is. Uh, It was a tough, there was actually a primary battle for the first time in New Hampshire's history. There was a primary battle for a statewide uh, elected office in the state of New Hampshire, uh, a Libertarian primary battle. Um, And it was between Alan Day, the former chair of the Free State Project. Uh, he, uh, in case those who don't know, the Free State Project was an attempt by libertarians to get them to move from wherever they were living to New Hampshire, since New Hampshire was listed as the Cato Institute as the most free state. It's been going on since, I think, 2001. Um, he was running against uh, Julia Jarvis, who is the former, or Joetta Jarvis, who is the former Secretary of the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. Uh, ultimately, though, uh, in spite of a hard-fought battle, Joetta Jarvis uh, ended up winning the nomination. She came out on top, so she will uh, go up against Chris Sununu and Molly Kelly, the Democrat. Um, this one, it, even though New Hampshire is a purple state, um, uh, Chris Sununu has been leading in the polls, Um uh, and most people expect that he will win. Politics Weekly lists this race as likely Republican. Uh, it is very likely that Chris Sununu is going to get reelected here. Uh, I'm listing as likely Republican because, uh, because uh, even though he doesn't really, even though 
uh, Republicans don't have a great history, or there haven't been a there haven't been a lot of Republican governors in years. I think the last Republican governor who was elected in New Hampshire was 12 years ago, and he didn't get reelected. But times have changed, and Chris Sununu is one of the most popular governors in the country. People love him there. Uh, he has great approval yeah, ratings. Yeah, so he's not expected to lose since he's doing well in polling and considering how popular he is. Um, some libertarians have been mad at him because he's definitely not a liberty Republican. I'll say that because he actually uh, vetoed a bill that passed through the New Hampshire state legislature to outlaw the death penalty uh, in New Hampshire. As you know, a lot of libertarians are uh, against the death penalty, and he vetoed a bill to stop the death penalty. So he's not well-liked amongst libertarians, but he is overall pretty well-liked amongst uh overall independent uh, Republican and even some Democrats in that state, which is why it's unlikely that Molly Kelly will be able to defeat him. Moving on to Rhode Island, which they had their primaries on Wednesday. Uh, right now, Gina Raimondo is hoping to be, re- the incumbent Democrat is hoping to be reelected. Uh, oh, and I should point out that New Hampshire was a state that was narrowly won by Obama uh, or by Hillary in 2016 and Obama in 2012. Moving on to Rhode Island. Rhode Island, which is a state that easily went to uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016 and Obama in 2012. Some Republicans think they might actually have a chance in this state. Let me just plug in my laptop real quick. Some Republicans think they have a chance here because of how close the race was last year and because uh, Gina Raimondo is not the most isn't extremely favorable there. Her uh, approval ratings aren't terrible, but they are still underwater. Uh, it's looking like, based on the primaries, uh, Gina Ray, it, the, this election will be a rematch between uh, Gina, uh, Gina Ray Mundo and Cranston Mayor Alan Fung. Alan Fung was the Republican nominee four years ago. He narrowly lost to her uh, and uh, now he's running again, and he's obtained the nomination, which will, which means it will be a rematch between the two of them. Uh, it should be noted that Joe Trillo, uh, who is uh, the ind- he's the he's running as an independent. Um, he uh, ran. He was formerly the deputy chair of the. Or he was he was formerly the number two, and uh, he formerly he was the number two Republican in the. Uh, uh, in the Rhode Island House of Representatives. However, he's changed uh, to being an independent. He's running as an independent. Um, so he probably, uh, he might be able to play spoiler because of his high-profile status, uh, but we don't know. That's yet to be determined. Um, uh, and finally, uh, Bill Gilbert uh, is a moderate uh, or he's running on the moderate party line. He got the moderate party nomination. He also might play spoiler considering that uh, the moderate nominee, party nominee uh, four years ago did uh, surprisingly well uh, in the general election. But that is the Rhode Island primary. Uh, Politics Weekly lists this race as likely, uh, or not likely, but leans Democratic. Um, Gina Raimondo not favorable, but she will still probably win considering all the anti-Trump sentiment and the fact that this is overall a blue state. And finally, in the New York gubernatorial, like, oh, sorry, the Rhode Island Senate race. In the Rhode Island Senate race, 
which isn't expected to be as com competitive. Sheldon Whitehouse, uh, who was easily reelected six years ago in 2012, he is running uh, for reelection to a third term. Uh, he, um, he, he was unopposed. In, well, no, he wasn't unopposed. He was running against. Uh, or Patty Joy Fontes, a progressive activist, ran in the primary, but she had no chance of winning, uh, so he easily won the nomination again. Um, and uh, in uh, the Republican primary, uh, Rocky de la Fuente, who's been running in a bunch of primaries in a bunch of other states, uh, he ran, but he ended up losing easily to... Uh, Robert Flanders, the former associate judge of the Rhode Island Supreme Court. So it is a slightly more high-profile candidate running as a Republican, surprisingly. However, this, say, uh, this seat is still listed as, or this race is still listed as safely Democratic. Um, Sheldon Whitehouse is a popular incumbent, and this is a blue state. Finally, moving over to my state, uh, New York. Um... So in my state, New York, I'm, of course, rooting for Larry Sharp, the libertarian here. I too. Uh, yeah. I met him, actually, recently. But um, he, uh, right now, um, this, this, the Democratic primary here was making headlines across the country. It was getting national attention. Uh, Andrew Cuomo, the incumbent Democrat running for a third term uh, in my state, uh, he was being primaried by progressive challenger, Cynthia Nixon, the former Sex and the City actress and progressive activist, Nick, uh, Cuomo easily, easily bested Nixon, not even a competition. Um, it was uh, Cuomo won by a ginormous landslide. Some uh, Democrats, some progressives hoped that uh, Cuomo would be able to, or hope that Nixon would be able to at least come close to uh, to defeating Nixon, but instead Cuomo easily bested her. It was not even a competition whatsoever. He easily beat her in a ginormous landslide. Although it should be noted that Cynthia Nixon did do slightly better than expected upstate, which was surprising considering her campaign was almost entirely focused on New York City and had no focus on the uh the areas downstate at all now this is uh so Cuomo is now the nominee uh he's going to be facing Republican Mark Molinaro the Dutchess County executive in the general election um and it should be noted that this could be a pretty that there could be this could be a huge 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 uh primary uh because or this could be a very crowded uh, general election because Howie Hawkins, the Green Party nominee, many people believe he might be able to play spoiler. Cynthia Nixon might run on the working families line. It still has not, it's still unknown as to whether she's going to reject the working families line or whether she'll keep it and just not campaign, although that would hurt the working families line. Uh, uh, Larry Sharp, a uh, big fan of him. He might be able to play spoiler in New York. He's pretty, he's a pretty high-profile libertarian. He almost became Gary Johnson's running mate for vice president in 2016. And Stephanie Miner, the former mayor of Syracuse, who actually used to work 
for Cuomo's father, has said she's very disappointed in Cuomo's administration. So she is running on the Serve America movement. Uh, many people believe she might be able to play spoiler too. Either way, however, this race is still being race rated as safe democratic by Politics Weekly. Not expected to be contested here. So what are your thoughts on all the primaries that happened this week? Well, I think it goes to show that Trump is playing a large role in, motiv- in motivating Democrats to come. I think a lot of Republicans say, oh, there's not going to be a blue wave or anything like that. They need to have a wake-up call because Democrats are going to get out to vote and Republicans need to also. I think, especially in such as New York, I think that'll be very interesting. I'm hoping Larry Sharp can do something. I know for a fact he's not going to win. I'm yeah. actually betting Cuomo will probably win. Oh yeah, totally. I'm hoping, I'm hoping if he does it right, he can start a cultural movement in some cases, maybe reach out to people that typical libertarians or Republicans don't reach out to. I think it has everything to do with strategy, and we have to look at the long-term goal in many of these instances as libertarians and what is going to benefit the country and the movement as a whole. And it's not going to be short. We're not going to win right away. It's not going to happen. But I think uh, I, I, things are looking really bad for Republicans. Yes. I think it depends on the state, all those states. I don't think Trump is necessarily very popular. And, and so it does good for the Republicans to avoid talking about him. The only problem with that, though, is Trump loves Twitter. And he loves attacking people who don't defend him. That is the issue. He makes it impossible for Republicans to ha- have a competitive edge. He takes it away from them. And I think that's going to show in the primaries. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I think they're, yeah, you're right. Um, I think that it's a blue wave at this point is pretty much, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's inevitable, but uh, inevitable because anything can happen, but History's not on the Republican side, and I've talked to a lot of Republicans that are like, there's not a blue wave, there's not a blue wave, what are you talking about? I think they're in denial. I think they're in denial because they they don't want Democrats to succeed, they don't want to be on the losing end, um, but I think that, yeah, I think overall, uh, this is not good news for the Republicans uh, at all whatsoever, uh, and I think that... Uh, Right now, the uh, right now Democrats definitely are gaining more momentum right now, uh, and I think they have history on their side too. I think Democrats will probably take over the House. I think they'll gain a seat in the Senate, but I don't think they'll take back the Senate. But yeah, I think a lot of Republicans are in denial. Mm-hmm. This was always the issue when people were arguing about Trump. So I'm like, oh, it's the end of the world. We need him to win, otherwise the country's doomed. Well, then you look at things like this, where you, there's going to be a blue wave, and then we could lose the House and possibly the Senate. And if that happens, what is Trump going to be able to do? Well, we're not going to be able to do pass anything. There's not going to be any legislations passed. And then all we'll get is perhaps possibly an expansion of executive authority, which is just, in my opinion, just wrong in so many ways. Yeah. I, I still think it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen because history is on their side. I know some people are probably going to point to 2002 when Bush was president, but Republicans did extremely well. But that was a different time because 9-11 happened and Bush's approval rating was at 87%. Yep. Trump's approval rating is about the same pro- approval rating that 
Clinton had going into the 94 midterms, that Bush had going into the 06 midterms, that Obama had going into both the 2010 and 2014 midterms. So I think that right now, Democrats are definitely favored. Yeah, if Republicans want to do anything to help, they just have to stop the rhetoric. They have to change it, say, focus on how good things are. These things are really good right now. We, we can argue about how things got this good, whether it's Obama or it's Trump, whatever it is. But the thing is, things are objectively good right now, at least. There's arguing over all the future, you know, we're bound for another recession to happen. But that's just, that's not an argument. Right? This, we're talking about political strategies about how to get people to support you. Right now, he should be doing Bill Clinton, touting numbers, touting the jobs, showing up how good the economy of the country is doing. He's not doing that. He's creating headline week after week of stupid stuff he's saying. And it's hurting him. It's hurting the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about this issue? Mm-hmm. No, that's about it. All right. Okay, now we're back. So let's get to the next uh, issue then, uh, which is regarding... Uh, uh, jo- uh, Elon Musk. So, uh, right. So this week, Elon Musk came under fire because he was smoking a joint on camera uh, on Joe Rogan's show. What were your thoughts on that? I mean, I thought it was fucking hilarious. I was watching it when it happened, and okay it was one joint and he had one puff he already said he's done it once before it's just okay who cares i don't understand why people it's not a big deal it's not it's not a big deal people need to relax yeah he even said he barely it's it's funny i mean you're it's it's so funny that this is an issue i mean it's hard for me to comprehend why people care about this yeah but you know, people. I mean, I'm pretty sure his stocks went back up after a little while, but yeah, it's not a big deal. Conservatives who are against weed, shut up, don't vote, please, don't vote. Uh, Democrats who care about this, don't vote, please, just. Yeah. Oh my God! What, what is our country? Well, he does to? all this great. He does all this like technology <sighs> stuff. I mean, he's revolutionizing technology. And people are like, but he smoked some weed. It's like he's an adult man. Yeah. He can do what he wants with his exactly. own body. And he, he had one little puff that was a little bitch puff, too. Right? I doubt he even had <sighs> Yeah. But anyways, you want, anything else you want to add to that? Uh, Elon Musk is pretty amazing. I'm not a fan of the subsidies as much. However, after watching the Joe Rogan interview, I... I have to say, he's an interesting man. Uh, he's got me spooked about AI. That's for one thing. And conservatives, Democrats, stop bitching about weed because it's not a big issue. All right, then. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, the next issue, which is a new ad put out by Joe Manchin, Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia. So uh, he's been using Obamacare recently to his advantage uh so right now joe manchin has been uh talking about uh right now he puts out an ad where he attacks patrick morrissey the attorney general of west virginia who is the republican nominee uh for the position he's been attacking him uh he's been on the attack attacking him for uh uh for his lawsuit 
against the individual mandate, which is popular even in Republican states. So what are your thoughts on the fact that Joe Manchin is using this? Because this used to be an issue that Republicans used against Democrats, and now Democrats are like, no way. I mean, Milton Friedman says it the best. I mean, there's nothing more permanent than a government program. I mean, this is the problem with the Republicans caving in, caving in. Red Elephant talked about this on his podcast, saying that every time we allow Democrats to get something, it all of a sudden becomes a necessity to Republicans in the future as well. I mean, they're not even able to repeal Obamacare. I agree completely with him that he should be suing Obamacare. I believe it, it, in in my opinion, it is unconstitutional. Um, But I will admit it is a very good strategy by Democrats to help that out saying Republicans are against it because it is a good strategy. It's a very good political strategy to get votes cut in for you. I think it's wrong rhetorically. Uh, I think it's wrong on on so many levels, but it is good strategy. I'll give them that. Republicans need to be fighting against this rhetoric. And I haven't, they haven't, like Ben Shapiro talks about, you need to be making the moral arguments. You can't be talking about your Mitt Romney's tax plan and the individual uh, actions of it. You can't be talking about policy. You have to, you have to do that as well. You have to, de- you have to debate them on the issues that way. But you also have to think about it morally. This is one of the reasons why I think blacks and uh, non-whites vote Democrats so much, even if they tend to be conservative in their social life. Mm-hmm. is because Democrats always make these moral arguments. All my friends who are non-white, it's the same thing. Republicans are just the white, old people, stereotype racist. They've never, like, a lot of them don't even know that I'm a Republican. I mean, I was talking to a few of them, they're like, what, you're a Republican? I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I'm not a racist, stereotypical, you know, warmonger. And they're yeah. like, what? And I, I'll tell them, like, oh, I tend to lean libertarian. And do you want, do you want what they said? They said, what's a libertarian? Yeah. People I, don't even know that some of the... I, I, I know, yeah, I get that. Democrat or Republican. They don't know these other ideologies exist. Yeah, I know that. I, well, I had an English teacher that didn't know what, an, what a libertarian was. Because I, I wrote down... Because I remember on, like, the last day of my, my senior year, I was, like, signing a bunch of people's shirts. And I kept saying, vote libertarian on them. <laughs> And my, my teacher said, what? I thought you said you were against liberalism. Because they're like, oh yeah, libertarian sounds like liberal, so they must all be liberal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an art, I mean, you know, that liberalism is basically libertarianism, you know, classical in a sense, but uh, it's amazing how well FDR was able to take the term liberal so quickly from what its original intentions were. Well, and I blame Liam Jennings Bryan, too. Because he was the one who was like, I'm populist. I want to have government programs. I want to have more safety nets. And right before him was Grover Cleveland, who was against all that. He was the type of president that opposed safety nets, opposed federal funding. And he believed in free trade and the gold standard and whatnot. He believed in the Constitution, too. I mean, yeah, like a whole bunch of the stuff they were trying to pass unconstitutional back when Democrats actually cared about the Constitution. Or, or Northern Democrats did. Southern Democrats yeah. did. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, anything else you want to say about this issue? What was the issue again? I completely forgot. Joe Manchin. So Joe Manchin was... Oh, Joe Manchin, yeah. I just want to say that Republicans need to be fighting back this rhetoric. I mean, 
social safety net, those are very, they relate to people. People are like, oh, yes, I want to be protected. They think like, oh, you know, who doesn't want to be protected? Republicans need to be fighting back this issue morally. And th- that's just something that they got to get with their campaign strategies. I, I don't really know why they aren't doing this. It's painful being a Republican. Yeah. Anyways, so, anything else you want to say, or should we move on? Nothing. Alright, let's get on to the next issue then. Uh, So the next issue uh, is about the 2020 election. So, and I called this one, by the way. So, former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg is Mm. confirming... He, he was elected as a Republican. He came into office as New York City mayor as a Republican. He left office as an independent. He's now confirming he will run as a Democrat for president of the United States. Michael Bloomberg, famous tyrant, uh, who said, you can't have this soda. We're going to try and control the type of soda you consume. I mean, which is like the number one role that a government should not do. I mean, it's like, seriously, I mean, it, it, at least try and be, most Democrats are at least sneaky about how they, they, they get the government to in, interfere with your life. They try and say, oh, but it's to help you all. Sure, we may be using, we may be putting a gun to your head and forcing you to pay for this, but it's good because that person was rich and we can use that money to help people. But with... With, with Michael Bloomberg, it was like, yeah, you're not even trying, dude. You're just trying to act more and more like a tyrant, and you're not even trying. You're not even trying to hide it. I don't know how we find these people to run for candidacy. It just it, it boggles my mind how we elect these people. Yeah, but I I wrote a, a list back in like March or so of a bunch of candidates who I thought were going to enter the 2020 race as Democrats. That included. Jason Kander, the former Secretary of State of Missouri, because he's acting like he wants to run right now. Steve Bullock, the governor of Montana. Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders. Uh, Julian Castro, Eric Holder. And then one of the people I put down as a Democrat, well, then I said that Kent Conrad, the former uh, North Dakota senator who nobody's heard of, would run because he'd be like the one fringe candidate, like the Jim Webb type of candidate that would run. And would go nowhere, but then the the one person who I said would would be who would run as a Democrat was Michael Bloomberg. I put him down as an independent who would run as a Democrat, and I was right. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it, and I knew it because I saw this thing that he posted, uh, or this thing that he said, where he said that he was predicting that Donald Trump would win re-election. And at that point, I was like, he's going to run. He's going to run because he thinks in his mind he is the only person that can run. Mm-hmm. That's scary. That's, that right there is why he shouldn't win. People that think they're the messiah. That right there is why he shouldn't win. Yeah. I just, I don't think there's going to be a single 2020 candidate that I'll vote for. It'll be the first time I'm able to vote. I don't think I'm going to vote. As of now. Will you vote for, will you look into the, are you going to look into whoever the Libertarians nominate? Possibly. 
I mean, it really depends who. Yeah. I mean, if it's Bill Weld... I could be be convinced to vote for a Libertarian. Yeah. But if it's... I'm probably going to look into the Libertarian, but if the Libertarian they nominate is Bill Weld, then I'm going to probably just write in Ron Paul. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's it's possible I might just do a write in. I'll definitely it's just I I'm not gonna vote for Trump. I'm not gonna unless, vote for Trump. I probably won't unless the Democrats all of a sudden get their act together and end up being like bourbon Democrats again, then I'm not gonna vote for I'm probably not gonna vote for the Democrat unless they start being bourbon Democrats like Grover Cleveland and yeah. Sam Tilden. But they're that's probably the not I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure that's not going to happen. So for that reason, the I'll, most moderate Democrat there is is probably Joe Biden, and there's no way in home voting for him because he is not a moderate. He's view. not a moderate. He's yeah. a blue dog, but he's not a moderate. No. I mean, Cory Booker he was supposed to be moderate. He's not a moderate anymore. Yeah, like you, you mm. said, like some people used to call him a quote-unquote libertarian Democrat when he was mayor of Newark yeah. because he support he was like a huge supporter of charter schools, um, and school choice. And now he's, like, kind of turned his back on those issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. So I'll probably be looking into the liber- the Libertarian. Do you think Joe Walsh is going to run? Who? Joe Walsh. Who? I don't know. You know mm. who he is, right? He's the... I'm trying to remember. Um, I've heard the name. He was, like, a Tea Party congressman from... Uh, what state was he in? Illinois. Oh man, I really should know this since I live in Illinois. <laughs> he was he was in for like one term. He was like a Tea Party what guy who now has his own show. Twenty twelve. He was in from two thousand eleven to two thousand thirteen, and then he lost his house seat to Tammy Duckworth. <sighs> I, I yeah, I can't recall that. I mean, I would probably if he's a Tea Party candidate. It really depends on how he runs. Yeah. I don't think I don't think any Republican running will beat Trump. Yeah. I kind of think he's going to run as a libertarian though because he's been kind I would of, vote for him if he was libertarian. He he's kind of acting like he's going to run as a libertarian. Um he's like he's like put out all these things saying well first of all he just randomly out of the blue denounced Trump. He endorsed Trump in 2016 and then he like just denounced Trump out of nowhere. And said that. Well, if if the Libertarians were smart and the Republicans were smart, they would team up and they would have Larry Elder run as the Libertarian candidate. He would get fifteen percent of the vote. He would be able to go in the debates. It would get the Libertarian Party much more attention because I believe he would. I believe the Libertarian Party has the potential to take away the black vote from the Democrats. Yeah. Not all of it, but a large amount of it, where it will make Republicans win. But I don't know. And also gain prominence for the Libertarian Party. Yeah. That's not going to happen. But ideally, that's what I think should happen. I kind of am skeptical, though, that he would get that to that threshold because he. I mean, I know he's a he's a Democrat, but or I know he's a he's or I know he's a Republican. Or I know he's a Libertarian, and he could get Republicans on board. But I think that might lead Republicans to say he's a spoiler candidate. <laughs> And, Which you're referring to Larry Elder, right? Yeah, Larry Elder, and then they'll be like... Yeah, my, my argument isn't that he should win, necessarily, I don't think... But I think that might convince Republicans not to vote for but him. That, yeah, basically, he's a spoiler candidate, is what I'm saying. And I think he likes Trump, so... Oh, he does, yeah. So then he wouldn't run... Why would he run against Trump if he, if he liked Trump? To 
take votes away from Democrats. Yeah, but it, it wouldn't that, make that's sense. That's my view. But it would be it would be like Bill Weld all over again, where he was the running mate, and he was like all lovey lovey kissy kissy about Hillary Clinton in 2016 mm-hmm. instead of saying why you should vote for Gary Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just. <sighs> I really don't know how Trump can win unless Democrats run someone. I think he is gonna win. Insane. I think based on history, he is gonna win. I hope so. Well, I I don't like I don't I don't hope so. I I I don't like mm-hmm. either of them. But I don't like the Demo- I don't want Democrats in control. I don't want I don't want Trump in yeah. control. But I uh, I think he's pro- I think he's probably going to win just based on history. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless we run into like I think they're I think it's going to be competitive. I think it's leaning towards him, but I think it will be competitive. It could be competitive. Unless something like a recession happens. Yeah, but right now, if is the economy is as good as it is now, then I think... As of right now, it's, yeah. everything's okay. Yeah. It could be a bubble, but I but as long as it stays mm-hmm. like this by, by November... It's just, it's every decade. I mean, we're... It's been and, and they haven't ten, about 10 years since the last one. And we haven't had a... Democrat. We haven't had a an incumbent president who's lost since George H. W. Bush, mm-hmm. or who's lost your election since George H. W. Bush. So I find it unlikely yeah. he's going to lose. It all depends on who the Democrats run and what their message is. Fortunately for us, they don't have a message besides anti-Trump. Yeah. But anyways, do you want to move on? Yeah. So, let's move on to uh, 538. Now projecting Republicans are the favorites to retain the Senate. So, what are your thoughts on this? Now, 538 previously predicted that uh, Democrats were favored to take over the House. Now they are predicting Republicans will take back the Senate. What are your thoughts on that? God, it's all going to vary on what happens now in between midterms. I think Republicans will keep the Senate. I don't think that, I think Democrats will gain seats, but I don't think they'll take it over. But it really all varies on if some other issue. I mean, you saw it with Parkland when that shooting happened years ago or months ago is what I mean. Yeah. I mean, that drastically impacted the polls and then the response to that drastically impacted the polls. So it all depends on what rhetoric is used or what events happened. I can't, I, it's too difficult. I'm predicting Republicans keep it. I think that is leaning towards them, but it's very difficult for me to say a hundred percent. Yeah. I think that Rick Scott is probably going to win the Senate race there, but I think Andrew Gillum will probably in Florida, but I think Andrew Gillum will win the governor's race. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction right now. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be a repeat of the 2016 New Hampshire Senate race, where the Republic, where the Democrat wins, and then there are two Democratic senators in a purple state, but then a Republican wins for the first time in years, in like a decade. I think it's gonna be the same thing. It's gonna be the you get a first, you get a Republican who wins in a purple state, and then you have two Republican senators in a purple state, but then. Uh, 
then uh, what's his name? I think then Andrew Go- uh, Andrew Gillum is gonna be the first Democrat to win the gov uh, the governor's race in like twenty years. Yeah, I'm probably gonna side with you on that. Anyways, anything else you want to say on this issue? No, just that conservatives need to go out and vote because Democrats are. All right. Um, so, okay, here's the issue you wanted to talk about so badly. Brett Kavanaugh accused of sexual misconduct allegations. What's your take? Uh, my take on it is I have a very... I'm very much against any form of sexual harassment. I think it is very wrong. And I think if the allegations of alleged rape are true, he should very well be disqualified from the Supreme Court and the Circuit Court. However, I am not convinced by the allegations in the same way someone such as Credible Hulk is, um, based on the fact that there is, from 2012, evidence that she went to a therapist and allegedly talked about being sexually assaulted. There are my reasoning if you go back she has not named a date she has not named a location she has not named anyone else that was there besides Kavanaugh and I believe it was his uh, friend I forget his name yeah um but she is contradicting details from the therapist she said there were uh, the therapist wrote down four friends uh she she said two recently her excuse is that the therapist got it wrong However, who knows if that's true or not. Now, I will admit, after listening to the Bunch of Heroes show, he referred to saying how the therapist didn't write down anyone's name. Allegedly, it is common that therapists will not write down sexual attackers' names. So I will just assume that's correct, as he did. I think this is much more of an Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas situation than it is a Roy Morris situation. I don't, I mean, it's just very difficult that Feinstein sat on this for months. It very much looks yeah. like a political stunt. Um, there's only one accuser so far, which makes me very skeptical as well. I believe, just breaking news today, two women who dated Kavanaugh in high school came out and said that this is all false and that he never acted this way around them. So I think that is, of course, that doesn't confirm it, but I think that is good defense of him, that he did treat women well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, this is a he said, she said story. You have two people denying it and then one person alleging it. And it's something from over three decades ago that she had never talked to anyone before until 2012. She didn't tell friends. She didn't tell family about it. And that is all very suspect. Like, I don't I don't want to assume she's lying. I don't believe she is lying. I think it is entirely possible that she is over-exaggerating events because she misremembers them. Okay. Do you believe that, um, what was I going to say? Do you think that he's still going to get confirmed? Because you said it was more I, yeah, I do. I, I was talking about this on a post. I do believe he will be confirmed unless something happens in the next few days. That I mean, I believe he just said he will testify. And I believe the accuser also said she will testify. So unless something happens there, I think he will be confirmed. I am unclear if he will get any Democrat votes. I think he might get few. I don't think he will get as many as Gorsuch. Yeah. I don't. I don't think any Republicans will turn on him. I just don't think there's enough 
evidence. I don't think the blackmail is going to work. I do think he will be confirmed. So you do think, let me get this right, you do think that Murkowski and Collins will vote in favor of Yes, him. I do. Yeah, I do believe they will vote in favor of Kavanaugh. Okay. Um, and, you, and you do think he is going to get confirmed? Yeah, unless something comes out in the next few days, I think he will be confirmed. Okay. Um, and I will say, I do actually support withholding the vote until uh, the accuser testifies and he testifies as well. However, if she refuses to testify, which I believe she said she actually will testify though, but if she does refuse to, I think the vote should be held and I think he will be confirmed. All right, then. Uh, should we move on then? I mean, I've said my part unless there's any other details you want to talk about. All right, why don't we move on then? So, um, uh, more John Kerry drama. So, oh, boy. So, John Kerry this week, John Kerry, Trump and Kerry went back and forth about the Iran deal. John Kerry accused Trump of being a child and, and whatnot. And, and what are your thoughts? I mean, I personally supported the Iran deal. I do think I don't support the way it was implemented. You know, it's very childish the way they're both acting. I'm no John Kerry fan. I think he's a fool. I think it's hilarious how he's trying to act like he's still relevant in politics, going to foreign countries, trying to influence policy. I know he came out with his own defense, but in my opinion, it was not good. I will say it is funny having little Twitter shoots between supposedly adults. Um, I mean, it's, it's just tough watching these adults have childish disputes. He's calling him a child. They're both acting like children, obviously. It's tough watching them act like this. And then there's teenagers on Instagram who are, uh, granted, they're rare, they're, they're, but there are teenagers who can have better conversations than them. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to... They're both fools, in my, in my opinion. I don't support either of them. I think they're both children. Is there anything else you want to say about this issue, or should we move on? Mm, no. All right. So why don't we move on then to the final story? Uh, Gary Johnson lives another day. So Gary Johnson <laughs> is on is running for Senate in New Mexico. Um, right now, uh, it's looking like he is going. There is an attempt by Republicans to try and get him off the ballot. But now it looks like the, those attempts have failed, and Gary Johnson will remain on the ballot. However, there's some bad news for uh, for John Kerry, um, or there's some bad news for Gary Johnson, and that bad news revolves around the fact that uh, uh, that news revo- that revolves around a recent poll that came out. That showed Gary Johnson with just 16% of the vote. That means he was behind McRich, the Republican who's running, and Martin Heinrich, the incumbent Democrat who is running for a second term in the U.S. Senate. So what are your thoughts on the poll, and what are your thoughts on him living another day and staying on the ballot? I would very much hope that he would live, live another day. I think it is wrong if Republicans try to take him off the ballot. I'm glad that that supposedly is stopping. I don't think he will win. I wish he would. I would I, I'm not the biggest Gary Johnson fan. However, I think he's better than most politicians. I think he's more honest. And I do very much hope 
he somehow manages to win. I don't think he will. I, I, I'm not very optimistic about his chances. I'm not optimistic in general, really. But I, I'm siding with the polls 16%. He, unless he, he needs to change his strategy, he needs, to, he needs to do something. I think it'll be a blowout if we see it from Austin Peterson, for example, in Missouri, if we've learned anything from that, is that libertarians, this whole notion that people are just going to go out and vote for them, because they, it's just it's not true. You you have to get out and reach people because people don't know they exist. Gary Johnson is even worse because he was already kind of a joke during the 2016 election. He wasn't taken seriously at all. Yeah, that's true. I think the only way he'd have a chance of winning would be if Mick Rich, the Republican, dropped out and mm-hmm. Gary Johnson got in, or and get uh, and the Republicans. Uh, agreed to endorse, cross endorse Gary Johnson. Then he might come closer, but even then, it wouldn't be guaranteed. Yeah. Because I don't think he would win still, but I do think that would greatly help his chances. And yeah. I wish that would happen. Well, and and Greg Orman, that happened with Greg Orman in Kansas. Greg Orman was running against Pat Roberts. There was a Democrat who was running, but then the Demo- he dropped out. The Democrats endorsed that candidate, uh, and uh, or they endorsed Greg Orman. Uh, the independent, uh, and some people thought Greg Orman had a chance, and he didn't win, but he did come closer than you'd expect in a state like Kansas. Um, so, um, so I, so something like that could happen, I suppose, with, uh, with, uh, Gary Johnson. I mean, I guess the Republicans could cross-endorse Gary Johnson, but I just find it unlikely. I think that, uh, the Republicans... I think they're very they're they're probably not gonna vote. They're, I think they don't like Gary Johnson. They don't want Gary Johnson. They care about Gary Johnson. But I think if it became very clear that Gary Johnson had a chance, and McRich, the Republican, didn't. Republicans would be like, and Republicans were really scrambling to keep the Senate, which they're not. They'd be like, oh, okay, we'll endorse Gary Johnson because we're desperate. Uh, because that was what was happening with in 2014 was Democrats were struggling to hold on to the Senate and uh, because and they thought, oh, well, one of the ways we could keep the Senate is if Greg Orman, the independent, wins in Kansas and he caucuses with us, uh, which he's implied he might do. And I think Gary Johnson would have to do the same thing. He'd have to agree to caucus with the Republicans if he were elected Senate to the Senate and then Republicans might endorses bid but yeah but yeah, I doubt I that's going to happen said, I think it would greatly help him if they cross endorsed him I don't think it will happen unfortunately but yeah but anyway it would be nice yeah anything else you want to say on this no, just that it, it's not even just the Republicans. It's the voting base. The Republican voting base needs to stay up to date on these issues. They need to stop being sheep in many cases. And that's my biggest thing is the Republican voter base. They're just not the most reliable. All right. So I think that's about all the stories we have. Thank you for coming on. Uh, tell everybody Thank you where for you can. Uh, tell everybody where they can follow you on all the social media platforms. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Chicago.Liberty. And, you know, I'm not as active in there because of school, but, you know, that's where you can find me. All right. Uh, so that should be it. Thank you guys for watching.